What is good, everybody? This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. You are listening to MTMV Sports. My team, my voice, your team, their voice. They got you covered every day, every time that you need it. Keep it locked. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. Man, I'm geeked to be joined today by Elvin Ryan, yo. Um, founder and owner of the pregame HQ. Also, I'm um, contributing member for uh, Fantasy Pros. Man, an awesome follow on Twitter. We've been following back and forth um, on Twitter for quite some time now. Um, just kind of retweeting this stuff, watching him and, and then him uh, paying attention to the opinions that he's sharing, <laughs> which we'll get into today a little bit, man. Um, I also know that there's some ties to Louisiana. Well, it's a big tie to Louisiana. I'm geeked about that, but I'm not going to spoil it for y'all. Let me go ahead and let him introduce himself. How you doing today, sir? What's going on, man? Yeah, Elvin. Uh, from uh, just south of New Orleans, uh, where Rick's from, so I'm, I'm anxious to talk about these opinions, man. Man, look, we, we I know we're going to differ on this first one, but I'm ready to get into it, yo. So let's talk about this. We, we have, okay, uh, our, our city is kind of being, I don't know, um, torn apart right now <laughs> by uh, Mayor Cantrell um, because there's so many polarizing, she's a polarizing individual, right? There's some people yeah. who are for what she's doing. There's some people who are against what's going on. But, hey, there's been a, you know, there's been a thought right now, or at least there's been a coming together of the minds. Mayor Cantrell has now finally agreed to start the process of letting Saints fans into the building, right? But the big yeah. question is, right, she's been on that phase two. For so long. <laughs> so if that's the case, why now? Why do you believe now is the time for her to open up the door? Ah, man. It, I think it boils down to Mickey Loomis and uh, and Benson, Miss Benson, uh, going up to LSU and saying, hey, look, we want to play in Tiger Stadium like we did in, uh, in 06 after Katrina or 05 uh, when Katrina hit. And it started putting the pressure on her. And now she looks like the bad guy. And, um, also, I mean, I think a lot of it is I, – I think she wants fans there. You know I mean? You can't live in the city of New Orleans and not be a Saints fan. At least, at least it's hard, in my opinion. So I think she she really wants fans there, but she's trying to get as much funding to the city of New Orleans as she can from government uh, assistance. And the best way to do that is destroy the economy. And, and that, I mean, that's what she – what's the easiest way to do that? What's the – I mean, people come to New Orleans because it's a, it's a tourism place, and – uh, people from the North Shore, uh, the surrounding areas of the greater New Orleans area, uh, the home of Thibodeau areas and stuff, they all go to New Orleans weekly to see the Saints play, right? And then no one just leaves after the Saints game. We're, we're going to Bourbon. We're spending money, right? Uh, so it's really a tourist attraction. Best way to, to get government funding is to eliminate as much income to the city as possible. So I feel like that's kind of her reasoning, but now she doesn't want to look like the complete bad guy. She still got a election to uh, in two years that if she wants to be reelected, she's got to uh, make some friends quick. So, so do you think? Do you think any of what she what she did had to do with keeping people safe? Man, I mean, 
everyone wants to keep everyone safe, right? I mean, I got my mask right here, man. I don't go anywhere without it, right? Even though, like, I know that if I caught COVID as uh, a man under 30, not in bad shape, my, my chances of dying are, are pretty slim to none, right? But it's not just about me, right? So that's, that's why I wear this, right? In case I get it and I'm asymptomatic, I don't know that I have it. I don't want to spread it to someone who's maybe suffering with an underlying condition and it kills them, right? So uh, I think everyone means well, right? Uh, I, don't, I think there's more good in the world than there is bad, right? But I don't think that that was her number one intention, right? Her number one intention is to get as much government assistance into New Orleans as possible, right? And she's mad because uh, right now Baton Rouge is getting more assistance from John Bell Edwards than what uh, is being, being given to New Orleans. And she, she kind of feels some type of way about that. Mm. So to her, it's just like, hey, we're going to keep this thing in phase two until they start sending us some money. I don't know. But I don't think she, she means bad as far as that goes. I think everyone wants to see everyone live. And then good I, you know what's funny? I I was in an argument with somebody on Twitter, um, and on my other account, and I was going <laughs> I was going back and forth with somebody about what's going on in in the city, and they pointed out that a clip from one of the things that she said, where she outright says that she wants her fair share, right? Or she yeah. wants New Orleans to get their fair share of I think it's the CARES um with CARES Act yeah. or something like that. So she yep. wanted she wanted her fair share of that for the city of New Orleans. So she can, you know, you know, actually have a police around and she can, you know, fund enough stuff to keep things safe, you know, when people do start coming back to the dome. And so I did hear that. And up until that argument, even though some of those arguments are real, you know, real like horrible, yeah. some of them could be enlightening. And that was an enlightening one for me because I didn't know she said that. And I didn't know she had her mind a little bit on that. Right. So she has her mind on safety, I believe. But also, I think what you're saying is somewhat true. She does have her mind on funding the city and making sure, you know, in New Orleans gets this fair share. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, I think I mean, she speaks about her fair share and stuff. I think John Bell's like New Orleans is our number one tourist place. Right. That is that is the income that comes in here. Right. People leave the city, come to the city through New Orleans. No one really uses Baton Rouge Airport. Like it, it's New Orleans. Right. That's that's the meat and bones of our of our state. And uh, I think if, if she just listened to him and she went into phase three and followed governor orders, that he would give her more than her fair share. I think New Orleans would have more funding than Baton Rouge because they, they need it more. Uh, but whenever you have one, uh, whether it be mayor or uh, the city council or whatever, and they're like rebelling against government orders, then it's like, well, hey, we're not going to help you either. Like, you clearly don't want to help yourself. You're not listening to us. So uh, you're on your own. You want to be on your own on this? You're going to be on your own all the way through. I guess it's kind of like if you have kids and they want something from you, but you ask them to do something and they don't want to do it. You're like, well, you're not, you're not getting your allowance today. You ain't cut the grass. It's kind of like that. That's how I think that they're just big kids in office, man. Wow, man. Yo, so let, let me ask you this. Let's get into the football a little bit. How do you think fans coming into the stands? I think we start off with, what, 9,000 or 3,000, 3, right? 3,000? 3, so 3,000. So I guess a little bit – I mean, 3,000 Saints fans, that's going to be pretty loud, right? Maybe? I don't know. So, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so you got 3,000 people in the stands, right? We start off like that. If that's the case, right, then we grow a little bit more as, as the season progresses. 
How do you think this will impact the same season? They've kind of started off a little bit slow, you know, according to our expectations, right? How do you think this yeah. impacts the season? I mean, the Saints always start out slow. So this is Every um, season. Yeah, this is nothing new for me. But not having Saints fans, that hurts. I mean, some of those close games, um, like against the Packers, mm. you know, I mean, Taysom fumbles that got, he, he fumbled the game away. But I think our defense can truly make a stand with – with the Huda Nation backing them. So it's times like that where we're needed. 3,000, I don't know what it's going to do. I got on the phone this morning. I'm a season ticket holder. I was like, hey, man, what do I got to do to be in that 3,000? <laughs> he's like, look, we're going to try to get everyone their fair share amount of games, uh, season ticket holders. He's like, but it's going to come down to the the senior, whoever's had the tickets the longest. Mm. So it's probably going to be a quiet 3,000 because a lot of those people have been having tickets for – 30 years, you know, mm. they, they're not the rowdy ones that we need in there. Uh, <laughs> but I know that they're offering uh, suite tickets to the public. Okay. But only six uh, six people per suite. He told me about that today. But 3000 will help, man. We we start getting fans. He said that uh, Mayor Contrell, whenever she sat down with Mickey Loomis and Miss Benson, said that uh, if it goes positive this week, like if, if we have a positive out, she's not opposed to doubling – crowd okay. attendance each week okay. so that would be three six twelve twenty five so whenever we start playing the 49ers and falcons we could potentially have twenty five thousand that's huge twenty five thousand yeah. our fans are louder than seventy thousand <laughs> any day of the week my man any day of the week yo um let's hop into this fantasy football a little bit i want to talk to you about you know week six right because i yeah. think there was a lot of surprises and you know as fantasy football analysts, you always have hits and you always have misses, right? Like nobody's perfect. If, if you know, if this game were easy, then, you know, everybody would be an analyst or an expert, yeah. right? Even though it seems very saturated. But anyway, right? It's, <laughs> it's quite saturated. <laughs> but, man, this is a humbling game. So who came out and surprised you this week? Good or bad? Let's say good. <laughs> good? Oh. Uh, I mean, I think – Fulligan continues uh, mm. to, su- to surprise uh, Tim Patrick. Uh, these are all guys I mentioned in my waiver wire article that are kind of flying under the radar. Trey Burton, I knew that he was going to get his opportunity. Big surprise. He got a rushing touchdown as a mm. tight end. That's huge. So there were a lot of surprises. Yeah, Trey Trey Burton is really going to work, man. And I didn't ex- I didn't expect him to be that guy. I put a lot of stock into Jack Doyle. I think I thought he was going to be the dude. I didn't even see I didn't see Trey coming, but I quickly scooped him up and not even I didn't think twice about it. Yo, yeah. who disappointed you this week? Oh man, Aaron Jones and Devontae <laughs> Adams, big town. I put a lot of eggs uh, in the Packers basket this mm-hmm. weekend. I didn't see the Bucks defense coming in and handling Aaron Rodgers like that. So the entire Packers team just I don't know, man. I was kinda shook up about that. I was uh I think I was thirteenth in the Scott Fishbowl. Mm. Now probably I'm probably not even in the top fifty. Um wow. because I I have a lot of Packers players and Green mm. Hunt and whatnot. So talk to me about Madison, man. Like how'd you feel? Like did you get swapped and caught in that too? Uh I mean I put him in my waiver wire article just because, I mean, he was the number one pickup. He he had opportunity. But Mike Boone burned me last year mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the season in the playoffs in a lot of leagues. So I'm kind of sketched out by any Vikings running back that's not named Dalvin Cook. So I, I didn't bid high on him. I'm not going to say that I didn't bid on him. But 
I didn't win him in any league uh, on the waiver wire, so I didn't get burnt by that, luckily. And I'm in 30 leagues, and people were bidding high. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, man. I probably would have blew the budget. I probably yeah. would have blew the budget on him, but I'm glad I didn't. Um, yo, okay, let's talk about um, – so you mentioned some waiver wire targets, right? And at this point, you either have your guy or you don't because we're kind of we're, – we're past Wednesday, right? Yeah. And so most likely, you know, early morning Wednesday, you find out what you got or what you didn't. Let's talk about some people who you believe could be some guaranteed producers um, in week seven based on the matchups. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about your – Steady guys, or we're talking about some sleepers. You know what? Um, we open for whatever. Uh, uh, I, well, I mentioned Aaron Jones earlier. I think Aaron Jones is set to bounce back huge against Houston. I love that matchup. One of the worst run defenses. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I know he exited the game early. Uh, even you guys, Zeke, he fumbled away two opportunities. They put in Tony Pollard for a lot of that game. I think Dallas realized what they have in Andy Dalton isn't what they thought that they had. Mm. Even though I don't – I think – I mean, he was knocking off rust and stuff. So, I expect a bounce back from Andy. He hadn't played in an NFL game. Okay. They didn't have preseason. A lot of things were done virtually. That was that guy's first time lining up against a uh, first-string defense in a long time in NFL. So, I see him bouncing back. But I think Dallas realizes what they what they have to do if they want to win, and that's just feed Zeke. So, uh Three big-name running backs, I think, are all bounced back this week. I love that, man. So you mentioned some sleepers. You got one? Uh, yeah. I Well, I mean, I don't know if he's much sleep anymore, but I think that uh, Swift is, is going to take over the Lions' backfield. <laughs> man. We, as soon as uh, you said the name, I felt something. I let Swift go. Um, oh, man. I let Swift go last week. And I'm not going to lie to you, man, watching him stroll into the end zone and then burst into the end zone, I was like, Jesus Christ. I can't, but I let him go too fast. But, um, but yeah, yep, I, I, I see you there. I see you there. And it, no, he's yeah. not sleeping anymore. Yeah, no, he, he might not be sleeping anymore. But, yeah, I mean, Adrian Peterson's going to get his touches. But Swift should be taking over that backfield this weekend or in the coming weeks for sure. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah. Cool, man. Let's hop into this thing. We got this thing called trade wins. We, I pitch a, a trade scenario. and You just tell me, you know, if you would take the trade or not. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's do it. Here we go. We're in a dynasty league, okay? We're in a dynasty league, and you have Saquon Barkley, okay? Now, you know the situation. Saquon Barkley, everybody does if you're playing the game. But you're in a dynasty league, you're holding on, right? The question is, somebody comes to you with this trade offer. They want Saquon Barkley for James Robinson and Joe Mixon, do you say accept that or do you reject that trade? Oof, man. I mean, with with Saquon out, uh, it would it would have to see has my roster stayed afloat. Like, can I make a run at this championship? You can make a run. Or, yeah, well then uh, I'm I'm smash accepting. I I really am. Uh, if, if I if I know that I can make a run, I think that's two top ten backs that you just named. Now, Saquon, he's up there with the Alvin and the CMCs of the world. So, Aaron Jones is joining them slowly but surely. So, those guys are in a different tier, right? They've kind of run away with things. But two top ten backs, I'm contending right now I can win. I think everyone likes to think that Dynasty uh, dynasty fantasy football is really is truly going to last three, five years. But most times it doesn't. You'll end up having more orphans than not mm-hmm. by year four. Uh, if you do have one of those leagues where everybody's stuck around, 
that's good, man. Uh, stay in touch with those guys, but <laughs> I'm accepting that. Cool. I love it, man. I love it. And I'm of the same mindset, even in Dynasty. I want to win right now. I don't yeah. want to win next year. I'm not the Falcons. I don't want to win five years from now, two <laughs> years from now. I want to win right now. I like that, man. All right, cool. Here we go. Win another league. It's a PPR league, right? And, and you're doing okay. Um, But you have a guy. You have Odell Beckham on your squad, right? Odell Beckham on your team. And somebody wants to give you a straight-up trade. Chase Claypool for Odell Beckham. Except? I reject. I got my rest of the season rank control here. I'm looking at him. Um, <laughs> now it's tough. Uh, yeah, I, I've got Claypool ranked ahead of him for the rest of the season. Uh, he's that dude, man. I just I'm in a super flex league, and I just traded Claypool because I uh, I needed a second quarterback. I've lost all mine. So um, Drew Brees for Chase Claypool. And Whoa. I'm kind of I don't know, but okay, is what it is. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Superflex. You need the quarterback. Look, man, we're about to talk about a superflex league right now. Like that's uh, the yeah, next scenario. Yeah, I'm going to play pool over OBJ. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you're accepting. You've accepted two trades so far. I like this so far. Here we go. Last one. All right. Now you're in the league. You have your two quarterback league. You have Sam Darnold, right? And you know what's going on with Sam. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe you do. I don't know what's going on with Sam. Like, um. Hopefully, we'll see him kind of turn around once he comes back from injury. But Joe Flacco's been there. But you have Sam. Somebody offers you Tua Tagovailoa for Sam Darnold. Accept or reject? I'm taking Tua. (laughs) (laughs) That one's pretty easy. Although, uh, I heard whispers, uh, local radio yesterday, some beat writers and whatnot saying the Saints are are interested (laughs) in sending a second-round pick for Sam Darnold. Him with Sean Payton could be something nice. That could be something incredible. I heard the same thing, and I think we're – and maybe we're listening to um, the same people. Um, what's my guy's name? After Further Review? Did you hear from uh, – Gus Kattengale, yeah. You got it from Gus. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. I heard it on um, – I heard it from After Further Review. Uh, what's my guy's name? I forgot the one. Mike, Matt Moscona? He yeah, was Matt Moscona. Yeah, Matt Moscona was interviewing yeah. – um, guy with the hair, I forgot. Ah, golly. I used to watch the show all the time. Him and Jeff Duncan used to have a show together. Yeah. So I, okay, uh-huh. so um, but yeah, so he was interviewing him, and he talked about five beat writers who he, you know, he was going through, and they said Sam Darnold to the Saints could be a thing, right? Yeah. Now Matt Muscona at that point said that he would outright, <laughs> he would outright reject being a Saints fan from that point on, right? He would turn into who that card and wouldn't even go along with the deal, right? So how would you feel about Sam Darnold as a starting quarterback for the Saints? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be pumped about. I welcome any young talent i mean that played under adam gates look at Tannehill now mm. i mm, mean okay. that guy he's a top six seven quarterback right now this season uh because he got from underneath adam gates sean payton is a much better play caller than verbal in tennessee sam darnold i mean he has all the attributes that you look for in a franchise quarterback he just hasn't been able to produce and i think a lot of it's that coaching staff i think sean payton would be able to groom that guy into something nice Okay, I can see that too, man. I can see that. And you know what? That tells me, if that's the case, if they're really doing that, then that tells me that the Taysom situation is just, yeah. you know. It's, it's not as true yeah. as people thought, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think Sean wanted to be, but whenever they give him the ball in uh, big situations this season, besides uh, besides last week. Yeah. Or, no, we were on a bye, but the week before, whenever he punched in the, uh, the late touchdown. Other than that, I mean, he's kind of, 
I mean, fumbled in real fumbling life. it away. Yeah. yeah. And he's definitely not completing a, a pass. Yeah. He's definitely not completing passes. So, yeah, I feel you on that one. All right, awesome, man. Look, I love that. Thank you for, for jumping in on trade wins, Joe. We got one more game for you it's real quick. It's called Trust Fall. And all I need to know is, do you trust this guy? I'm going to give you the scenario. You okay. tell me if you trust him or not, right? Um, and it's straight off the top. So, I didn't, I didn't, you know, we didn't preference this. I didn't give you this before. So, you don't know yeah. who the guys are. And um, we do like a red light system, red light, yellow light, green light, right? Um, red light means don't start. Right. I, I see the situation. Yeah. I would not start this guy. Um, yellow light means that you would start him, but with caution. Right. Maybe okay. tempered expectations. Green light said I'm starting with confidence. No worries about this guy. Okay. All right. You ready? Here we go. All right. We have you're in a 10 team league. Okay. And the possibility of the possibility of starting Cam Newton versus the 49ers this week. Um, red light, yellow light, green light. Uh. Yellow, uh, yellow at best. I mean, last week he threw those two picks. Luckily, he he had the seventy four uh, yards rushing. Mm. Uh, that kind of say that that salvages any bad cam day really. But in a ten team league, and I don't play in any leagues that small, honestly. But ten team, I would uh, proceed with caution because there's more. There's better options out there. Mm. Okay. Okay. Love it. All right. Cool. Now we're gonna get a little bit more into your wheelhouse, right? You're in a um twelve. Well, actually, nah. This is probably still small. You're in a twelve team league at this point, right? Okay. You're in a twelve team league. You have Kittle this week, right? But he's going up against um the New England Patriots, and you know how they get down. They rank high against the tight ends, and they always do a good job of taking away your absolute best weapon, right? You have Kittle. Um, and you have, you know, some other tight end options, right? Question is, how do you start Kittle this week? Well, do you start Kittle this week? Well, golly, you know what? Let's move on. You got to start Kittle, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's with confidence. You can't not start Kittle. You can't not start Kittle. All right, cool. Let's go to Mike Williams. So you got Mike Williams, right? Uh-huh. And you have him versus Jacksonville. You saw what Mike Williams did against the Saints. We both saw it, right? So you saw what Mike Williams did. You saw the confidence, and you could possibly not have, um, you know, not have Kenan Allen there. If that's the case, then he's going up against Jacksonville, red light, yellow light, or green light with Mike Williams. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd maybe flex him. Uh, if if Keenan Allen's out, uh, I feel confident throwing him out there as a flexer in a wide receiver three league. Okay. Uh, if Keenan Allen plays – that's one I, I might pass on. Mm. Okay. Okay. So. I can see that. And I don't know when to trust Mike. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know when yeah. to trust him. He's not. He's a tough one. That's, that's yeah. I mean. he, he's a tough one. And that's why I threw him out there. Um, I got another one for you, right? Hometown. Jared Cook. You oh, got man. Cook going against, <laughs> going against the Panthers. Um, you're in at this point, right? You're in another, let's say you're in a 12-team league here. You're in a 12-team league. You got Jared Cook going against the Panthers, but it's a PPR, okay? So you're in a PPR situation. Jared Cook, red light, yellow light, green light. Yellow light. Uh, I mean, tight ends, uh, they're kind of scarce. So you you probably are going to be forced to start him if you have him on your roster, uh, unless, unless you're fairly lucky, maybe got someone like, a Gronkowski off of waivers after his outing this weekend against the Packers or Jimmy Graham, who's surprising all, but I feel like if you have him, you have to start him, but I'm proceeding with caution. How do you feel about Gronk at this point? I'm, I'm, I, I put in a waiver claim for him. It was unsuccessful, 
Um, but at the same time, if I would have got him, I, I don't know how I would have felt about it. How do you feel about Gronk at this point? Um, you know, coming into the season, I didn't think that he would finish in the top 14. Now I have him. Mm. Um, I rest the season rankings at tight end nine. Uh, I, I like him. And, I mean, Mike Evans has that ability to just disappear. We've, we saw it last year. He, he threw up multiple goose eggs. Uh, this week he had one reception for two yards. Mike Evans has that that just gene of disappearing, you know. Uh, so he besides does. Godwin, I, I think Tom Brady's going to look to someone that he knows, especially with O.J. Howard out. Uh, I could I could see him uh, picking up where he lost, left off in New England. If, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's not someone I have confidence in staying healthy, but who knows. I don't. I don't have confidence in him either. To be honest with you, I'm. I'm. I'm not quite there with him. Um, let's talk a little bit. We got one more. Are you ready? Let's do it. Mike Thomas should be back. Oh yeah. And I'm. I'm geeked about that. But with Mike Thomas coming back, I want to know what the impact is on a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. So we're looking at Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders versus the Carolina Panthers. And I'm doing this on purpose, right? Like, if you're listening, I'm doing this on purpose. So it's, it's hitting home. So you got Emmanuel Sanders going up against Carolina with, with, you know, Thomas back. The question is, how do you feel about him? Red light, yellow light, green light. Red light. And it hurts because I really like Sanders. But outside of the season uh, where it was Brandon Cooks and Mike Thomas, Mike Thomas's first year uh, in the league. Sorry about that. Um, outside of that season, I mean, we haven't seen the wide receiver to produce. Mm. I mean, you saw Gann and those guys, like, they, they just struggle to pr- uh, produce on the opposite side of Mike Thomas. So, I want to see how it goes this first time. It's not something that I'm willing to risk because if you have Emmanuel Sanders, you, you likely have other receiver options of his tier, of his caliber. Mm. So, instead of rolling him out there and taking that possible, like, just – where you lose, I don't see him blowing blowing up and you being like, damn, why didn't I start him, right? So if he gets 15 points, he gets 15 points, but there's a chance that he gets four and then you're mad at me. So uh, I'm going to tell you, red light. Red light, Let's I like it, man. We got your first red light in there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, yo. Yo, thank you so much for joining us, man. We truly, truly appreciate it. Yo, can you do us a favor? Tell us where we can find your stuff. Tell us where we can follow you. Tell us how we can get all the information that you put out there. Yeah, Rick, man. It's a blessing to uh, uh, be on here with you. Um, you can find all of our content on uh, content on the pregamehq.com, thepregamehq.com, and then you can follow me on Twitter, at Elvin Ryan underscore FF. So. Awesome, man. Yeah, we, man. We really appreciate That's you that. coming on, Doc. Yo, thank y'all so much for joining us. We love you. Listen, listen. We do this every week. Well, almost every week at this point. <laughs> we do it almost every week. And the reason we do it is because we want to make sure that you suck less at fantasy. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you out, man. I know a lot of you guys are prideful. I get it. But you need some help. And if you do, that's what we're here to do. So hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you got some good information today. And hopefully you go out and dominate your league and suck less every week at fantasy. God bless you. We love you. We out. What's going on, family? This is your boy DJ Preach, the founder of the Life Show Radio, and I see that you're doing 
great things right now by keeping it locked here on the MTMV Sports Podcast. Y'all better be talking about the Carolina Panthers. Let's go!